I'm Andrew Passaro. It's good to be back. It's another good week. Excited to do some Brick House today. I'm excited to talk about what we've been listening to. We don't have phone calls this week, but if you want to leave one, you could do that at 917-740-6429. That's at the top of all of our social media, by the way, at BrickHousePod with no C on Twitter and Instagram. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like the podcast, which I know you do. I know you're listening. I know you're listening the whole way through. I know. What's up, Joe? How are you? How are you this fine week? I'm great. Uh, I just recently had a good cry. I had some uh, Thai food that was way too spicy. And no, I did not learn my lesson. That's funny. I also had a good cry involving food today. Yeah, what'd you have? I caramelized onions with some peppers, and I tried to do this trick where, like, you're not supposed to cut into a certain part of the onion, but I fucked up and was, like, tearing up cutting onions in my in my kitchen this afternoon. So I tried, and we'll try again. A likely story. We're all allowed to have a good cry from every now and then, you know? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a good cry. Oh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that at all. I think we're going to talk about a bunch of things that people cried about later in the podcast actually but joe how do we start the show top of the queue speaking of crying today i had a good not cry but listen to a album that you could listen to while crying this new band called Slowpoke. they have an album called movies spelled m-o-v-e-y-s really dug it from front to back really impressive album by the, these uh these guys for fans of like phoebe bridgers alex g i totally recommend you listen to these guys Andrew, you might like them. Uh, you're not going to love them, but it's it's good uh, good music to put on in the background, maybe if you're cutting onions. And I'm also really into this uh, this guy, One O Tricks Point Never. If you remember the movie Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler last year. Great film. He did the, yeah, really good. He did the musical score for that film. He just released a new album called Magic One O Tricks Point Never. And there was moments it felt like I was listening to a video game soundtrack. Really interesting. I'd compare it to like Final Fantasy meets like 2020 and like an emo 30-something-year-old adult. He has a performance on Jimmy Fallon from like a week or two ago. Definitely recommend you check that out. Andrew, what have you been listening to recently? All right, well, I'll give you one that I didn't cry to. Well, I didn't cry to either of these, but there's one that you could cry to, and it's uh, we have to talk about this because it's the cover of Iris by Phoebe Bridgers and Maggie Rogers, which was so good and so perfect, and I believe it came out because Phoebe Bridgers tweeted, if Biden wins the presidency, I'll cover Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, and then like the Goo Goo Dolls were like, yo, where the fuck's the cover? And we're like really excited about this happening. I, I don't think it's on Spotify just yet, but it's all over the internet. It's incredible. They put it out as as some sort of paid digital thing and it sold like 28,000 times. And I know some of it's going to good causes. So I would just recommend you go take a listen. It's definitely on Bandcamp. I'm going to say it slaps and it's emotional. And you know what? It's it's incredible. Yes, Joseph. And if you haven't listened to Phoebe Bridgers' discography, definitely go back and check it out. No, I honestly, if you've never listened to Phoebe Bridgers before, just go listen to this. Like, just trust me, because Iris slaps, this cover slaps, it's very good, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, here's the song that uh, I wanted to highlight more importantly, because if you remember back in high school, Wiz Khalifa had that little song, that little tune, that little banger on on a mixtape called Burn After Rolling called The Thrill. Do you remember that, Joe? Are you familiar? Actually, I didn't know what everyone was talking about until I listened to it today. And then it brought back all these drunken memories from college. We're going streaky! Okay, well, there we go. The Thrill 
by Wiz Khalifa finally cleared its sample. He sampled an Empire of the Sun song for the instrumental. It's an incredible track. It might it's a top five Wiz Khalifa song for me. Um, and yes, Joe, you're right. Like if you graduated in college and right around the same area that we did, you heard this at every single house party all the time, whether you knew it or not. An absolute all time slap. I mean, for me, Wiz Khalifa is a top five mixtape era level musician. Although Burn After Rolling was not his best mixtape, that would be Cushion Orange Juice. You can't fight me on that one. It's a fact. Beg to differ. Oh, yeah? What, Cabin what's, what's, Fever. No, Cabin it's fever. not. It's absolutely fundamentally not. Cushion Orange Juice is a perfect mixtape from front to back. Cabin Fever has well, a couple let's, cool let's ask like, the people. features. Let's ask the people. All right, no, no, fine. No. Cabin we'll Fever is fucking dope. Call us in at 917-725. Nope, that's the old one. 917-740-6429. One day I'll get it right. One day. And then the other one I quickly want to mention that I did throw on some of his stuff. Benny the Butcher got shot in Houston the other day. Shot in the leg during an attempted robbery in a Walmart parking lot. He's okay. He was on like a private jet and in a hospital within a very short amount of time. So Benny's okay. But any excuse to put on crowns for kings, I'll take it. So, And we do have a sponsor on this podcast. Today's presenting sponsor of the Brickhouse podcast is Drunk Phone Calls to My Dad. On my last Drunk Phone Call to My Dad, I asked him which legendary stoner band was better, the Grateful Dead or the Almond Brothers. After a lively debate, he gave me his answer, and we're not going to give you that answer on this podcast, but for monthly payments of a simple $4.99, you too could drunk call my dad and ask him about music. Just call or text 917-740-6429 to sign up today. That's Drunk Phone Calls to My Dad. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. Okay, but on the real... Grateful Dead or Almond Brothers? Almond Brothers, any day of the week. I have to say Almond Brothers because I've never been like a jam band guy. I have tried to do the dead. And like of all people, I feel like I should, like I love Sublime. And I really, really, really am curious what would have happened to Sublime. Like would they be opening for Dead & Co. right now if Bradley Noel hadn't died? But of all people, I should be like an absolute Grateful Dead guy. I love all of their merch, but I feel uncomfortable buying like a sick Grateful Dead t-shirt because outside of Casey Jones, Casey Jones, outside of Casey Jones and maybe Althea, I don't know a single Grateful Dead song. Shakedown Street. You got to check that one out. All right. And I'm not shitting on live performances because Stand By Your Van is a great album by Sublime and the Nirvana Live at Running is an incredible live album as well. I don't know. I just can't I can't get excited about 15-minute jam sessions for the Grateful Dead. I just I don't know why, but the Almond Brothers, I would listen to a 15-minute jam session of the Almond Brothers any day of the week. Remember remember when we used to throw concerts at my house and you wanted to say you tried to to make your band play Whipping Post by the Almond Brothers? No, no, we did play Whipping Post. Oh, you did. You did. Okay. Yeah, we played Whipping Post 3 times and one time at the Irish Wolf Pub. The bouncer came up to me and he says, I've seen the Almond Brothers 13 times and that was fucking awesome. All right. Well, there we go. The more you know. We just recently got some good news in 2020. A nice turnaround, if you will. News of Tower Records, famed Music Emporium, the vessel where I made my first musical purchase, is reopening after 14 years. Unfortunately, it's only to online stores, but maybe after this pandemic shoes and goes away they'll open up a brick and mortar store andrew are you as hyped about tower records reopening as i am i'm excited because i've actually never been to a tower records 
it's like the chain record store based on what I've I've read and like that what's that movie where you I don't know if you've ever seen it that takes place in a record store not that's not high fidelity it's the other one Empire Records Empire Records which is a very good it's a, it's a, my second favorite movie about a record store actually do we count almost famous because of that one quote and if you ever get lonely you just go to the record store visit your friends yeah you can count it yeah i feel like we can count. all right it's a third favorite movie about a record store i always wanted to work in a record store ended up working in azumi's but when i was working part-time the number one place i wanted to work was a record store but the reality was i'm happy i didn't because there's no way i would have actually ended up making money i would have just ended up spending all of my money at the record store so if tower records doesn't come back brick and mortar like i don't to me to some extent it doesn't count yeah i feel you I mean, we do have Rough Trade. We do have plenty of record stores, but there's, uh, I don't know, there's something about the original. There's just something about... There's like four record stores within like walking distance of my apartment. We're not starved for places to buy old records like that, I, I will say. Well, you live in Hipster Central. Of course, there's record stores. And the Secret Fortunes in Queens isn't surrounded by record stores, Andrew. Well, uh, that so- sounds like you should move, bro. Sounds like I should open up a record store. <laughs> I mean, Brickhouse Records. Ooh, that uh, that brings me to to think. If I could see any other place reopen, what would I want to reopen? This was a tough list of things that I came up with. I still kind of might want to amend it, but I I have my top five, and you're going first this time because every single time for the last like three or four times we've started doing this since a relaunch of this pod, a reemergence, not relaunch, but reemergence of this podcast. I've gone first. You're going first. What's your number five? Another reoccurrence. I would love to have the Willy Wonka chocolate factory reopen. <laughs> it's not real. It can't reopen. It's not real. Of course it's real. It's I not saw it on, real. On TV. That, it's got to be real, man. Okay, so is the Playboy Mansion also closed in your mind then? Because is that going to pop up? That never up closed this down. That never closed down. I mean, Hef died, so it kind of closed down. Andrew, what's your number five? My number five is a little. DC sports bar that was located in the West Village called Jojo's Philosophy closed down due to the due to the pandemic and to be honest it's where I met my first like New York friends in the wild because the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup in 2018 and that's a DC based sports bar it was the only place in the area where I don't tell people I'm from DC I actually tell people I'm from Silver Spring and where I went to high school and and it was like it was to some extent like if I ever felt lonely in New York it was a little slice of home, and it just closed because of the pandemic recently. I watched the Nats win the World Series there. Uh, I partied there and met friend of the pod, Victor, there the night that the Caps won the Cup. Losing that place honestly hurt. Like, like it sucked. My number four is the torch at the Statue of Liberty. Ah, that's a good one. When they reopened the Crown a few years after 9-11, my dad and I went there on a hot summer day. We were the last group they let go up to the Crown because it was 112 degrees up at the top of the crown. And no, we, we did not try and sneak onto the torch. That's good. But I would love to get up there one day. My number four is three Webster Avenue in Scranton, Pennsylvania. As a venue or as a, a residential? As a venue, facility. for sure, as a venue. So uh, if you're if you're unfamiliar and you didn't know Joe and I, back in college, that was my, that was my street address. And it was like a regular house, and we turned this place into... Uh, I believe an ex-girlfriend of mine said at the time, did you guys film a horror movie here? <laughs> because we had holes in the wall. Like, we had holes in the wall. All of the carpets like literally squished and you could like feel the beer coming out of it. 
I hung from that the place ceiling. Smelled so rancid. It smelled. That place was so filthy. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> hey, my landlord made the security deposit two hundred bucks. Like, you know what I mean? We got our two hundred dollars. I once had to have someone come in and patch holes in that place leading into Thanksgiving break, and I paid them in a six pack. That's how. Like, we essentially <laughs> had a punk club as our apartment, as my house, and Joe's band used to practice there. Uh, we used to throw concerts there, re-releasing just specifically as a venue. That's goals for me, to be totally honest. I don't want to manage it this time. I just want to go there and get messed up. My number three is a place I never had the luxury of going to, but stories from my father always made me wish it was still open. The bottom line, it was a venue in the West Village, and it was bought out maybe 15 or so years ago by NYU. I think it's about three blocks west of Washington Square Park. My dad always talks to this place. He uh, he said they had two long tables that led up to the stage. And more than once he saw the musicians strut down the tables in front of everyone playing music. He said it was a really small club. He saw Bruce Springsteen back, th- back there in like 1975 when Born to Run came out. Uh, Chris Isaac, like you name it. Like if you're a, a rock act in the... 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you play the bottom line. I'm going to go with another defunct rock and roll historical venue, and I'm going to go with the Fillmore West, which was out, obviously out west. It's where Jimi Hendrix and Albert King played, and they did Blues at Sunrise the first time, which Albert King references when he does it with Stevie Ray Vaughan, which, by the way, if you like the blues and something shitty happens to you and you need a good blues album, the Albert King and... Stevie Ray Vaughan collaboration is it's perfect it's it's amazing I love it I love every second of it but Fillmore West was like okay coincidentally the Grateful Dead played here but it's in San Francisco Santana Creedence Clearwater Revival like a bunch of bands went through there it was to some extent the place of the late 60s early 70s and closed down so the idea of going back and like being able to see a show there would be that's on my list that would be up there my number two is more so an event not so much a place the woodstock music and arts festival Ooh, okay we almost had a 50th anniversary of woodstock last year but because of what was it poor planning poor financial situation. yeah they didn't have the money they didn't have the money at all apparently I'm going to save my number two because I know it's going to be Joe's number one. But my, So I'll give you my number one now. This is like my probably my all-time favorite bar, but the Abbey, which used to exist in Williamsburg, which is where Joe and I actually, when we sat down and said we were going to do this podcast, it was the place where we went. And like I still have the notebook of us like coming out with ideas and everything. This was like a neighborhood bar that wasn't in my neighborhood. Like Everybody took care of me when I was still like new to New York and like fi- figuring out like things to do, like if I didn't have plans on a Friday or Saturday night, I would just pull up to the Abbey. Like they would get me a Miller High Life, give me a shot. I'd go get in line to play pool. We would have figured out a way to make Brick House happen without the Abbey, but the music was always good. And I'm happy that we planned out this podcast there is what I'll say. Definitely a special environment, special place. It was another place too, where on multiple occasions I walked in and the bartender said, Andrew, I'll give you your first round if you take my dog around, around the corner for a walk real quick. Yeah, yeah. I don't care that it's zero degrees outside. I'll walk your dog around the block real quick. Let's go. Shout out Einstein. All right, Joe, number one, give me the history. We all know what it is. Number one, the famed punk club in the Bowery, CBGBs. Man, do I wish I could have went there. 
Unfortunately, it closed in 2004 before I started going to the concerts. But everyone knows CBGB's was the place to go. Television, Talking Heads, Blondie, The Dead Kids, uh, you name it. If you were a punk band, if you were any kind of rock band, you played CBGB's. I believe when the Talking Heads got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they brought Hilly Crystal out who owned and was the you know establisher of CBGB, which stood for Country Blues and Bluegrass and obviously never ended up becoming a country club. They brought him out on stage when they got inducted into the Hall of Fame of rock and roll. I will say, and it's probably not the most historically accurate, there is a movie with Alan Rickman playing Hilly Crystal. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. It's called CBGB. A lot of famous actors and actresses are in it, like the guy who plays Ron Weasley's in it. Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters plays... Iggy Pop, right? Yep. We've probably talked about this on the pod before, but the idea of going to a show at CBGB, that is, in terms of like what we do on this podcast, that is like the place that is, and especially for us living in New York, like I've walked by, you know, the buildings there, there, they have like a plaque outside and it's like, a, now it's like a men's boutique and they sell like stuff that band merch for people who- Way overpriced. Right. Who would have played CBGB in like very high priced- leather jackets and stuff couldn't you just turn this back into a venue i understand that like the guy who owned this probably isn't alive anymore or whatever but this is it's so not punk rock anymore it's so not punk rock anymore but you know what is punk rock the brick house podcast thank you for listening we'll catch you next time and this is my house